Good morning, world and all who inhabit it. If you know what that quote's from, you're officially one of the top 10 people that I know that are the coolest here on this earth. Good morning and welcome to the Metapod Pokemon TCG podcast, the podcast that revolves around the evolving meta about the Pokemon trading card game. Sean, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I had uh, I had a very good uh, week of Pokemon since we last spoke. I actually had a good week of Pokemon too. I mean, you had a different good week yes. of Pokemon. Yes. I think because you're, if you haven't seen it yet on Sean's YouTube channel, Twi- Twitch. Um, it's not, or, I haven't put it on the YouTubes. Oh, you haven't seen it. Oh, anyways, yeah. if you if you didn't if you missed out on Sean's live opening mm-hmm. on Twitch, Sean opened up some insane. Literally, like I'm I'm not gonna lie, Sean, and this isn't just to gas you up or to gas up the Metapod. I literally think you had the best polls out of anybody that i watched on celebrations out of all the content creators that got like free product from tpci i don't know how one there's only one card that i could have added to the to the collection on that day um i will say i did post on twitter if you do want to follow my twitter or check it out um the craziest pack i think that can be opened it was um charizard and full art professor's research in the same pack which was absolutely insane um, but just for the viewers at home uh, on YouTube, uh, I'm just showing you some of the hits to get the highlight. We did get the Charizard. We got the Blastoise and the Venusaur. Uh, we also got a Gold Mew. We got Full Art Research. Um, so literally like like five of the top six cards. Like The only thing that you're missing is that Gold Star Umbreon. That's it. Well, you say I'm missing it, but I got a... Um, I got one ETB at MSRP from a local game store. And what? the first pack of that was you Gold Star Umbreon. You completed the whole set. Yeah, I mean, like, there are technically cards I don't have, but, like, in terms of the, the chase cards, yeah, like, 50 packs is all it took me to get all the chase cards. It's crazy. I'm it's telling crazy. you, Sean, Sean got the best hands for opening packs <laughs> of cards. You know, he's always opening the Charizards. Well, you got the you got the Shining Fates Charizard. You got the Did you get the Hidden Fates Charizard as well? I did. I did. Yeah, like there's no I don't there's have... no stopping you. Somebody <laughs> like you should have done Powerball, Sean. What were you doing opening up Pokemon cards? I mean, you know, I'm doing well enough in other areas. My my partner has uh, done well enough to where I don't have a job anymore. So, uh, yeah. so like that's, been a very that's good like time. what I'm doing now, except you're smart about it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, these two, Jake, uh, are coming to you. I've got to get to the mailbox to the post office today, but full art research. And uh, to anybody out there wondering about pull rates, because I did get a few people asking me questions. Um, I think that like depends on the card that you want. But like this Pikachu you should not spend too much money on this because it is very common to pull. Like I would say one in every 10 packs, maybe. Um, that's not to say yeah, it's not like amazing. Just look up the prices in general of the celebration set. Like not only the regular set, but also the classic collection. Like it's not very expensive at all. Our- aside from like the Umbreon and the Charizard and... There any stuff other, like that i guess maybe gold mew may be kind of expensive but yeah like i mean i'm looking at it right now like the the umbreon is 70 dollars. the shiny magikarp 36 oh, blast toys 23 mega rayquaza ex uh 20 mewtwo ex 20 
Venusaur 18, Birthday Pikachu 18, Mew EX 13, Gardevoir 12. Like it's pretty it's pretty cheap. And then the full art professor's research is like eight dollars and fifty cents as of like two AM last night. So that's okay. I'm gonna say this right now. If you ever wanted to get a play set of research, and the reason I say this is right now. <laughs> yeah, like I it, I will the one thing that's interesting, Jake, is that the professor's research, the um oak version, which is new is still block D. They did not add a block E. So technically, research could very well rotate next set, which is a little sad. I would definitely be sad because I like the concept of them doing all the different researches and having that be like a new staple card, like Ultra Ball or, or whatever, right? Um, yeah. So I would be sad, but like eight bucks, if you ever wanted a play set of research, this is a banger. And for $8 a pop, that's you can't get better than that. That's insane. And especially like if you play expanded as well, because like discard draw seven has been around for a while. It's in pretty much almost every single deck. Yeah. So like if you need discard draw sevens, boom, there's your cheapest option. Because let me tell you, Professor uh, Juniper from like boundaries crossed or whatever that is in the black and white area era very expensive i could tell you what it was a year ago and how i'm crying that i didn't buy it uh and now <laughs> it's like over over 80 but we're we won't talk too much about that but we do sean have some stuff to talk about today not only do we have some big big news that immediately dropped after last week's podcast revolving around play pokemon but also we've got some big thanks to give on this podcast and then talking a little bit about the meta and how that's holding up and then how the general public is holding up as well in some sticky situations but before i do anything else i just want to thank the triple p podcast the pittsburgh pokemon podcast for having me on for another week it was basically our year anniversary uh together i was there I was their first guest on that podcast and they're like, Hey, it's actually been like a whole year since you've been on. I was like, Oh, you know what? Year anniversary. Now we have to do this every single year, you know, to the, to the end of time. So it's a excellent Pokemon podcast. It's a great crew of dudes and who have a ton of fun just talking about the Pokemon trading card game. So if you want more Pokemon podcasts to listen to, go look up the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. Sean, you're on an episode of there, right? I think so. I can never. I'm. I'm. My memory is horrible. I am. I believe I'm on one of the triple P's, but I could be on one of the other podcasts as well. I don't know. I've, I have officially now that I've been on triple P tag team and flow T cast podcasts. Now that I've been on those three, my goal now is to be on every single active Pokemon trading card game podcast. So I need. I need uh, the Heat Factory. I need yeah. I need y'all to hit me up. Uh, Poke Dads. What? Pokey Dads. Yeah, Pokey Dads. Pokey Dads. I'm not a dad, let me tell you, but like I I got some great insight if you uh if you want like mm -hmm. nah, it's, but it, it, there's a lot of good Pokémon podcasts out there. There are. Um Jake, do you want to I think we're doing something a little different for the review today. We have a couple of people to thank, so I'll let you take that away as well. Yes, yeah, so I instead of the five star review this week, I wanted to give a good old shout out to Andrew on Twitter. Andrew, the last couple weeks has sent us V Union codes. We've talked about how V Union 
codes and boxes and stuff were impossible to find. And it's like, I don't know if it's still $15 a code for a V union box, but it, it was $15 at the time. And so Andrew, someone that listens to the podcast had sent along a Mewtwo and Greninja code. So I've been using it. I've been trying it. I haven't been having a lot of success with it, but the V unions are really, really fun, Sean. It's the sweetest animation that I've ever seen. And it's, it's super, super cool. Did you look up what price it was? It is $15 still. Uh, Do not buy V union codes. It's an absolute scam in my opinion. I mean, well, here's the problem, right? Like I think the, the codes are too expensive. The Pikachu one amazingly is only $10. Good. I mean, um, that's still too expensive, yeah. but good. But like the one thing I will say is with PTCG Live coming at an unknown date in the near future, um, it's one of those like if you don't get the code, like it's not like you're going to be able to trade for these probably. Um, yeah, I, I don't I wonder know if you'll be able to dust for the V Union. Uh, yeah, that's a weird. I, I don't know how they're going to deal with that because it's like its own weird little card set. And it's um, also like. It's also like, I don't know if they do it for promos in general, right? Like, it makes mm. sense to do the main set, right? I want a Tapu Lele from Guardians Rising. Well, I just dust, trade okay. 5,000 gold or whatever, and boom, I have a Tapu Lele. But, like, will promos work the same way? Like, that's the big thing that I'm curious about. I don't know if they'll do promos. Yeah, I mean, all things that we'll have to see, I guess. I would hope they do, but they may do it where all of the promo products are available in the store for like coins. Maybe you know how they do that mm. for like the theme decks. You can actually buy the theme decks just straight up in the s- stores now. Yeah. Um, they may do that, which like that would be kind of cool. Um, like you don't have to dust. You can just save up coins from gameplay and then get the V union box code basically just in the store natively. That, that, that could be another option interesting but andrew said that they listen to the podcast religiously every week learning so much keep up the great work and i just want to say thank you for supporting the podcast thank you for giving out some v union codes i super super appreciate it and then also um to continue on that we're going to actually make this a special two review week oh my gosh there's a cat jumping in your background sean and i love it anyways squirrel um Anthony also on Twitter sent us a very, very nice DM about five star review and how this would be their five star review if they could re- uh, leave it. So I just wanted to read it. So shout outs to you, Anthony. You sent this you sent this like two months ago, but I, I just saw this because both Sean and I control the podcast. Uh, so we're going to we're going to talk about it now. I uh, started your podcast a couple weeks ago and listened to it every day and finally caught up. Recently got back into the TCG. You guys are informative, have a good energy and banter. Also, both of you have great taste in anime. You know, it, ha- it had anime, Sean. I had to, I had to mention it, you know. <laughs> this is my, uh, for those of you on YouTube, I'm showing Jake the pin that I showed him earlier from Naruto that I got. So. Sean ended up going to the uh, Comic-Con was this weekend. Unfortunately, I couldn't go to Comic-Con now that I don't live in Indy. Uh, Um, I mean, I have the time. I don't have the money. Because if I go to to a con, Sean, I am buying all these different knickknacks and I am buying all these different sweet things. And I'm I'm lucky to live like I live basically in New York City. So when there's New York Comic, I've never actually been, but I was like, 
It was just easy. It's it's super easy for me relatively. It is definitely, definitely a good time to be alive. And especially if you love the play Pokemon championship series, Sean. Yes, indeed. Um, <clears throat> as as is custom for the the Metapod, uh, whenever we release an episode, big news is sure to follow. Uh, not because it's on our podcast, but because the Pokemon company apparently likes dropping news on Tuesdays. This is also <laughs> why we're recording early Tuesday morning. If you didn't see me drinking out of my coffee mug, we're recording early Tuesday morning because Pokemon, we're on to you. It was a slow <laughs> news week outside of last Tuesday. It was a slow news week. So I, I'm looking after I'm I'm watching you. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah. Like uh, they announced that 2022 season is is set to to go at the beginning of next year um obviously no official dates or anything in terms of tournaments or whatever have been set yet uh we still have like two two and a half months before it would you know officially start but yeah uh the play pokemon championship series set to start again world set to happen again next year um point thresholds it seems um it looks like unchanged uh, they haven't announced anything, at least. But my gut would would be that the only things that um, will have to be adjust, sorry, adjusted, are like the um, international like prizing, like the the travel awards, and they basically that'll be. But for most of the people listening, travel stipends are not something that anyone is really that worried about. So <clears throat> all of your points from if you were a player like me and Jake who played back in the Dizay. Uh, of real play the 2019 championship yeah. series the, those points will roll over uh, whatever you had from that year and so uh yeah just i think it for whatever region you're in i think the point threshold will be the same and uh you'll have about six months to get all the points that you need to to get to worlds if you don't already have it um very exciting Again, there's stuff. a lot of sorry sean uh, i just said very exciting stuff there's a lot of information that is still left up in the air. There's a lot of information that we still don't know about, but they did say through an article on Pokemon.com that it mentions a 2022 North American Championships. So that would be very, very nice over here. And no specific time mentioned about when that would happen, but they did mention a European Championship planned for April 2022. So when we were talking about when Sean mentioned that Coming back in April 2022, the Pokemon.com article slated that European championships will be around that time. So we did talk about last week. We will track back to it real quick. Recently added that Chile, the Czech Republic, Denmark, France, Malta, and Uruguay were added to countries that were allowed to do casual play, non-CP events, you know, like weekly league meetups and maybe weekly league buy-ins, things of that nature alongside Australia and New Zealand, who have been out for a while. It'll be very, very interesting. They did mention couple different things. I don't know if we've talked about this previously on the podcast, but uh, all attendees will be required to wear face mask coverings and eating and drinking will not be permitted in the venue except for designated areas, of course. Players will be required to sanitize their hands when switching opponents and will skip the start of match handshake. Each match will also be required three or more feet away from other matches and spectators. And also... Uh, 
players, audience, and staff attending events of 300 or more people must be vaccinated. There is a requirement of vaccination. Attendees who required must provide proof of full vaccination. The final dose of the vaccine having been administered at least two weeks prior to the event. Yep. Yeah, I think that's the biggest news is this like vaccine requirement and and needing to have received it pr- two weeks prior to the event, which makes sense, right? From a scientific standpoint, uh, from an immunization, usually they say two to three weeks after you receive your final dose. So if, you know, if for whatever reason, uh, you are an individual who was waiting, I suppose, to get the vaccine. If you want to attend any play Pokemon events, uh, if, if you want that to be a part of your life in 2022, now is the time to do it because it will take you the vaccine several weeks between then and the next shot and then several weeks after that. So, um, yeah, if that's something you want to do, just just do it. Get the vaccine. And we'll, we will get more news about Play Pokemon and the different updates in terms of coming to back into play. We know that, you know, throughout 2019, throughout 2020 and 2021, you know, there were plans to have worlds that ended up getting canceled. You know, uh, when did those get canceled? Like March? Yeah, they February? got canceled far in advance. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, hold your breath. Everybody, don't don't get your hopes too high up. It's very exciting. I'm very exciting, but I think we should all kind of get back to reality and remember that we're still in a panorama and, you know, it's still kind of ugly out there for especially for some states. Yes, um, I will say. So just make sure you're doing your part and keeping the world safe and then we'll be back to normal shortly, yeah. I will say. Um. That is, that's essentially all the news news uh, from Pokemon. I guess with celebrations dropping, uh, that was all they needed. It was just like, everybody's going to be talking about this. We got no other news. So, Jake, we can yeah, talk. Everybody, everybody's going to have their their faces in Target and, uh-huh. and GameStop and all those different places. But, um, Sean, have you been playing in terms of, have you been, I know you did a little bit IRL Pokemon. Uh, right before like a Digimon locals mm. at one point, did you, have you been playing uh standard at all? Uh, not really. I, I did play a little bit on my stream, um, with Greg who came onto the stream, um, played a little bit of standard, uh, but no, no. Otherwise I still haven't, still haven't had the chance, um, to play, but there's a couple of places like locals that are doing, um, some mm-hmm. Pokemon, like small numbers. So that will be something that I hopefully make it out to in the near future. It's just, it's not frequent enough and it's always on like certain evenings that are very difficult for me. I, uh, I went to a locals the other day for anyone who didn't see on Twitter. I, I have a bunch of cards that I want to offload, like just a bunch of like bulk ultra rares and things like that, that I'm trying to just like get rid of and trade to people. And so I went to this locals to play in their like, local league or whatever um and i ended up playing the only deck that i could build mad party sean i ended up going in and playing mad party it's actually in my opinion the best budget deck that you could probably play right now even with all the quick i mean yeah tell me how you got around quick shooting inteleon 
you just go faster than your opponent and you dodge the quick shooting. So okay. like, okay, so I did face like a quick shooting deck. I faced uh, Inteleon VMAX Inteleon and oh. I just donked him. Oh, <laughs> okay. He had, he just had his Inteleon there and like Inteleon uh, V. And so I said, I'm going to go zoom, zoom, zoom. And then didn't even have a chance to get those poor old sobbles down. So that's how you beat. That's how you be quick shooting. Because you're right. They do have to evolve. So it takes them a turn, two turns, if they want to get into the quick shooting. Um, Okay. Okay. I like that. And I think I saw on your Twitter, you talked about, was that Azul's list that you were running? Yeah. So Azul posted a YouTube video not too long ago about Mad Party. And it doesn't have celebrations in it because celebrations just came out. Um, But I don't think there's really celebrations maybe maybe mew? the mew yeah like you might you run want. a two of mew maybe in the deck uh that just to help you pull out the i, I imagine like the trainer cards like the different ball search cards that yeah get like you. the level balls or the yeah. great balls and stuff like that because you are running like two or three air balloons in the list so it's not all that it's not all that uh out of the ordinary to be running uh the muse but i think it's i mean honestly i think it was a perfect budget deck to be honest like the most expensive things it used to be was the mr rhymes mm-hmm. sean um because those are a rare card that's like the only rare of the of the attackers or the mad partiers that you have and i actually bought two of them the day because so i thought the tournament started at 6 30 because that's what the guy over the phone told me it actually started at six so when i showed up at 5 55 I had to hurry up and do my buy-in. And so I played with two Mr. Rhymes that were not Mad Party. Oh, just in like my random deck. Mr. Rhymes. You're like, uh, oops. <laughs> well, I was my plan was to buy the correct yeah. Mr. Rhymes before the tournament and then sleeve it up. But I ended up going three and one anyway. So filthy busted broken deck. Um and again, it's it's super cheap if you want to Dang. play something right now, if you want to build something without too much risk. And Mad Party in general is just like, it's a ton of fun. And so you can have a bunch. Again, Azul, GG's YouTube video lays out the list. It's a very good list. Love it. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention it because Mad Party is not going to be one of the decks that we talk about in the meta, but I think <laughs> it's like a really good... I think it's a really good budget deck that people, especially if you're new to the game, you should work towards playing right now. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I, I know we talked about it. I want to say a week or two ago, like how like I maybe it's not a good one prize deck, but obviously, to your point about just going fast, um, if you can consistently go fast enough to like donk them and start swinging one fifty, one eighty, whatever the number is by turn two. Maybe it's just too fast for those decks to respond and you're, you're going to take prizes faster than they can. I think that it also has to do with the difference between like locals and also, you know, the late night series that we're going to talk about here. Some of the results. It's two very, very different metas with the local meta. You know, here, here are my matchups, Sean. Mm-hmm. Round one. Inteleon v Inteleon. Okay. It's kind of abstract. People aren't really playing Inteleons. They play Ice Riders instead, you know. Second round, Smeargle Eldegoss. Do you know what that deck is? 
Oh boy, is this the one where it does more damage for each basic energy on it? Or it's it's more damage for each different type of basic energy in your hand. And Eldegoss allows you to grab two energies with oh, its ability. So you just get a bunch of Eldegoss, you get your Smeargles, and uh, yeah, you just, I could, it's... It, I could see that being difficult for Smeargle against Mad Party, because like you're going to output a very consistent amount of damage and they're still taking only one prize a turn. Yeah, like the thing, I had this really cheeky play where I got rid of, so the biggest thing for them is like getting the attachments because the energy requirement is too colorless. So personally, I think you should just play twin energy, um, but maybe it just doesn't work in the list because there's no good way to search it out. I don't know. But like you play EXP shares in their deck, you play Raihans as well. Raihan being a terrific card that has seen a ton of play since its release in evolving skies and i had a really really cheeky play where they had an exp share on their bench smear goal and they had another smear goal with one energy because it was their first turn so they just attached the energy um and so what i did was because mad party only needed four attackers in the discard i didn't have to like research and do this that and the other and oh. stuff so i just boss up the one smeargle and then i used uh tool scrapper because i am a firm believer on playing tool scrapper shot mm -hmm. we talked and about it I tool scrapper i tool scrapper the exp share and that just put that just put me so far ahead in the game yeah um but it's a cool deck it was a fun deck i highly recommend you know if you can find anybody talking about it um, that, that is also a cool budget deck and I like Smeargle a lot. So cool Pokemon. But anyways, round three, I played against Sanders control list. Someone was playing Sanders control list. That's pretty much an auto loss for mad party is <laughs> no hope. Once they get rid of all your twin energies and you're just like, well, poop. Well, they don't even have to do that. I mean, they just get the dusk nor out. They get uh, the dust nor that turns all special energies into a single uh, colorless energy. Uh, so like if I want to attack with mad party, I either need two lightning energies on a Pokemon or I need two twin energies. That's so bad. Yeah, it was just it was just not good. I mean, he like I will admit I had a slow start mm -hmm. um, and I think at one point I got a little I got a little greedy. Um, I think at one point because I was like, I have to go like I have to I have to start taking these knockouts quickly, like um, against this deck before it sets up. And I think I got a little bit punished for that, but that's OK, because I don't think it's a good matchup for yeah. that anyways. And then round four, which was the final round, I played against like a Mew, Garboder, VMAX. Sloking VMAX. So like the meta, essentially what I'm trying to say is the meta is very different yeah. from locals to like your online your events. online tournaments that you're playing. So I think Mad Party is great for something like locals and maybe ladder, like Pokemon TCG ladder. But when it comes to like a late night series tournament or like a chill tournament or whatever, like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not cutting it through like a big tournament where people are you know when there's a hundred plus people or whatever yeah like when play pokemon comes back in april yeah. sean i i don't know if i take mad party to the north american championships no but you might take it to to your league your pokemon league uh championship or whatever yeah i get some store credit every time yeah. i walk in the door which is always what i like i love <laughs> store credit 
But uh, yeah, I mean, looking at those big tournaments in terms of like the the meta with a capital M, um, I think what's the most surprising to me since the last time we talked about it is now a, ra- a single strike Urshi is at the top of the meta share. Um, so yeah, just above Dragapult Inteleon, which we I think did talk about very briefly being like the new Inteleon partner is Dragapult over Rapid Strike Urshifu, it seems like, just because of between the different, the extra damage spread and also the weakness. Um, like, you know, there's not really, like, Eternatus is not really being played. You see here at four. So mm-hmm. there's not really a dark type other than the Umbreon that you got to worry about. Um, and because of that, you're, you're hitting two of the top decks for weakness, and you're like, okay, cool. Uh, we'll just do that. Yeah, and I mean, you just have such diversity with, uh, single strike Urshifu VMAX and Umbreon VMAX. Like you have so many different things that you can do, you know, going in with the Urshifu Vs and using like impact blow or whatever the yeah impact blow is that attack, you know, doing mm-hmm. a 180 without the extra damage, you know, with the single strike energies, you get the single strike energies on that Urshifu V and use impact blow. You're knocking out opposing Vs. Yeah. Right. Because you you're doing 200 with just one energy and then one uh, or 220, which knocks out a ton of different V maxes with two of the energies, which is very easy with the Hound Doom and just attachments in general. And that doesn't even start to look at the different attacks that Max Darkness brings out. You already yeah. said hitting for a weakness or just simply two shotting, right? V maxes. Yeah. Um, if you're not hitting for weakness, which is a big deal in my opinion. And then Urshifu VMAX, Single Strike Urshifu VMAX, freaking love that card. So cool, just whacking literally anything out of existence with GMAX one blow, base damage 270. So cool, Sean. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think the nice thing about this, and you know, I'm sure the people who are a little bit deeper into the meta, honestly, like playing it day in and day out. But the fact that a deck that has the effect of this attack's damage isn't affected by effects on the active, it also means Decidueye is not a problem, right? Like Zamazenta, right. not a problem. So like those, this being at the top actually makes the, the wall stall decks um, not viable uh, comparatively. That's not to say that you can't play them to maybe see some success, but that means you have to dodge um, some of these attackers, which can yeah, be Yeah, I mean, Decidueye Inteleon has not done well as of late, that being one of the decks that you mentioned. But mm-hmm. even with that, you think, oh, so then that's not necessarily there. Zacian is seeing a lot of play. A lot of people are playing Zacian decks right now, kind of like Turbo Zacian, and they play the Zamazentas. Mm-hmm. Let me see this Zacian. Some of these Zacian lists. You got a seven and two list here. Um, yeah, it's got two Zamazentas. So two Zams for specific matchups, I suppose. Um, and I mean, especially with the Cape of Toughness as well and the Crystal Cave, like, honestly, you just kind of want to one hit the Zamazentas and just yeah. get them out of there as soon as possible. And so it brings a lot of diversity for the single strike deck. And I, I just. I just wish Umbreons were cheaper. <laughs> Sean, I can't get my hands on them. Yeah, that's, it's just one of those cards that like, it's still a little expensive. Some of the Evolving Skies cards are just still like a little bit high in price. 
Well, Umbreon is is arguably the most popular evolution, right? So it's yeah. obviously the chase card for a lot of people to get. Um, any other? I mean, like in terms of the rest of the meta, though, I, there's not really a ton more that has changed. I mean, the fact that there's as many Corviknights as there are Eternatus is pretty wild to me. <laughs> Just to be frank with you. <laughs> Uh, I mean, some people have been campaigning. I have seen the uh, the Corviknight. We have seen, though, uh, especially with the different cards that have come through. Um, what you call it? What's what's the set that we just had? Celebrations. Yeah. Celebrations. There have been people trying out different decks. People have been trying out different archetypes of the. Uh, Pikachu. Of the the thingamadoo the different decks from celebrations and the different cards and sean have you seen any cool ideas um well i mean i don't think there are any major ideas that are particularly cool i i do think that what people are realizing is that perhaps pikachu v union is actually the best v union from a pure potential standpoint and we did mention this on our when we talked about all the different celebrations cards. But for those of you who don't know, uh, Pikachu V Union has one specific attack called Disconnect. And what that attack does is it it says your opponent can't play any trainer cards uh, or item cards, I should say. It's not trainer, it's item cards from their hand on their turn. Um, that is something that I don't believe there is. There's not a card that turns that effect off anymore. Like there used to be, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but there used to be a card that would basically reset effects on you. Pretty sure that's Hex Maniac. Uh, well, there's like, that was an older card, but there was another one that it recently did that. In, but I oh, think Pokemon it rotated. Ranger? Yeah, kind of, but anyways, it was, it was a card nobody ever played, point being. Um, and I don't even think that card is illegal in standard now. So if you think about though, like Vikavolt, um, is another card that is standard legal, but that people don't play as much. The reason being is it's it's not hitting enough damage. And without um, Pikaram in the format, it's not really very consistent. So it's not beefy enough. It doesn't hit a lot of damage. And yes, item lock is really, really strong. If you can pull it off, turn one going second. That's always, that's kind of the key with that strategy. Um, and Pikachu V Union is not only turning off uh items it, it is item locking you but it does 150 damage while doing that which if you combine that with any sort of like random pings like zigzagoons maybe you have a quick shooting inteleon i don't know um if you had that combo though then you're basically two-shotting everything in the format and turning off item cards uh which you know, in theory, would make the Pikachu V Union an absolutely broken card if you could get it off turn one. But uh, that is not something you can really do in standard. Um, Jake, you did talk about expanded, though, briefly before we started recording. So do you want to talk about, like, the opportunity there? The opportunity to play in Excel with Pikachu V Max. If you want to take all 25 Pikachus and go on a 25 win streak, you do it in expanded. Pikachu V Union. Now, you know, we talked about the different parts of Lightning Pokemon in the past, like Pikachu and Zekrom, not even mentioning, you know, Tapu Koko VMAX accelerating extra energy. Sean, that's a lovely cat you have there. I love them. Um, but also things like Thunder Mountain 
as well electro power you get two electro powers down you're doing 210 damage knocking yeah. out the v's alongside things like battle compressor um thunder mountain again as i mentioned to take off that one energy again you have the pikachu and zekrom to accelerate that energy and so being able to do all those different things and have different damage modifiers like you were talking about that you could add in standard but in this instance using item cards in expanded um battle compressor v union is gross yeah i mean i think honestly the thunder mountain it didn't even cross my mind because you think about the v unions battle compressor is the thing that you really need in standard and we don't have that and the fact that it's in expanded means that all you need is like a battle compressor and one other thing. And all of a sudden your V union is live turn one, which is much easier. Um, and then, yeah, with Thunder Mountain and whether you run it with Pikaram or you just run it with any other way to attach a second energy on turn one, you could get disconnect going turn one going second in that deck, which is um, super gross. And there, that's one of the things where like I don't really play a lot of expanded. I'm almost I've almost never played expanded, but mm -hmm. the V unions actually may be the cards that bring me into expanded because I actually really like a lot of the attacks and it's just too complicated and standard. But like, but you know, if I might that it'll be really interesting to see if once they open back up um, competitive play if they either decide to ban Battle Compressor, which I know a lot of Poketubers have talked about. but if Please they, don't. I, I don't want them to, actually, because if they don't, then that is the home that V-Unions now have. Is, is Surprisingly, they printed a card that has a perfect home in Expanded, not Standard. And like that's actually really exciting that you have a card that doesn't work in Standard and never has, but all of a sudden it like, you know, is the king of Expanded. Like I, I like that as a mechanic. I think also people that have been playing for as long as we have. So since like the release of team up, I think you probably have several of the different cards that yeah. you're going to want. You know, I mentioned the Tapu Koko. I mentioned the Thunder Mountain. Tapu uh, Lele. Union just came out. What? Tapu Lele's. Yeah. Tapu Lele's, you know, very, very recent. You can get those relatively cheap online. I think battle compressors in general are pretty inexpensive. The only thing that's really, really, really going to cost you a couple bucks is those more very very old niche black and white a specs you know your yeah. computer search like dowsing machine or something like i have an expanded deck right here because actually next week my locals is meeting for expanded um and i'm missing a couple cards and one of the cards is a uh, computer search so i think uh, i'm gonna have to i don't know put like an opal or a red's challenge in my deck or something like that. I'm playing aggro anyway, so like yeah. I don't I don't use too many item cards because I've got the item lock vial plume. So okay. and like putting a red challenge or an opal actually like wouldn't be the worst idea, but there's no like true replacement for something. It's like a yeah. tropical beach. There's like no real replacement for a tropical beach. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll, it'll be uh I think, Jake, we had one person request that we talk about expanded soon. So maybe if you're doing an expanded tournament, I think that next week could be a good week to talk about it because you'll have some experience playing in a format. You'll get to tell us like what other people. Granted, locals is different, but like mm -hmm. I don't think there's a lot of expanded happening anyway. So locals might be just as valid as the online circuit. <laughs> um, I think that could be a lot of fun. 
I think also there's uh, there's a couple different tournaments in Expanded. By the time we have our next podcast, including um, an Atlas Mini, mm-hmm. some Excalibur, and then a couple other ones as well. And then there are some that we've... Uh, there are also some that have gone on recently as well that we could also add into the mix. The Expanded tournaments usually aren't super... It's not a big plethora, but um, every once in a while we get a moment where there's a couple in a single like two weeks or something that give us kind of a good evaluation of the expanded meta. And especially because people like Stefan Ivanov, um, he's actually been doing a lot of expanded content on Twitch and stuff. He's Mm -hmm. been working on a Dragonite list that he created. Dragonite V Sean. Yes, I did see that. Um, With the double dragon energy. <laughs> yeah, that's a card that like I probably will need to buy for expanded uh, for a variety of decks. I don't have any double dragon energies, but yeah, I think I think that's a good a good topic for next week is to to dive a little bit into the world of expanded because you know I, I think that it's gotten it probably has gotten shaken up a little bit by all the new V's and V unions that have come out over the last six months. Yeah, like I've I've been playing um, expanded ladder for the last like thirty six hours or so. I've been playing a lot more PTCGO lately, um, and I've been touching on expanded to try to get ready for the expanded uh, buy in, so that I don't go oh four drop or whatever, you know. Um, but uh, there's a there's a lot more V's and V maxes that I assumed. Yeah. Um, v maxes have a much bigger impact on the meta than I thought. And it kind of is cool. I yeah. like it, especially when you talk about like Aqua Patch oh. and Ice Rider V Max. Man, I like, I like, I like Aqua Patch and I like Ice Rider V Max. So it's two peas in a pod right there. <laughs> uh, Jake, is there anything else about the meta we want to talk about or do we want to? Get to our last little topic here uh, about the the world of Pokemon at large. I think we can talk about the world of Pokemon at large. So, um, Sean, do you want to head this topic or do you yeah. want me? I don't. I'm happy to. I'm happy to to use. So, those of you who follow like the PokeTuber world in particular uh, may have heard about the drama that happened with Unlisted Leaf over the last week. Um, and for those of you who don't, I'll give you a quick rundown of, of what it was. I, I will preface it by saying there's probably details that I don't know. I was, I'm not following this super closely. But in a nutshell, um, Unlisted Leaf, Ando is, is his name, uh, Australian PokeTuber, most known for just doing openings, right? He's like the Leon Hearts of the world, like just the people who like open packs on their channel. Um, he partnered with StockX, which is like kind of like a... Um, hype beast ebay it's the best way i can frame it but like they're they're known for doing shoes but they also got into trading cards recently um he partnered with them to do a pack break and the drama comes around um the price and what you actually were getting versus what was advertised for the pack break um the price was 60 dollars for three celebrations packs now those of you who follow uh the celebrations world and the, the the prices of things a little more closely will know that sixty dollars for three packs is extraordinarily high. Un like it's stupid. It's a stupid amount of money. Um, 
But you could make the argument, ah, well, uh, you're not just getting the packs for that. You, the way it was billed is like, Ando will be there, and it's like your favorite PokeTuber opening your packs live on their stream, and he signs a energy card for you, and the top hits get graded by PSA, and like, okay, it's expensive for three packs, but all of those things combined, and the fact that you're supporting a creator that you love, like, maybe there's a, a world in which that's worth it. But the the rub came in when you looked at a bit of the fine print. Um, and this, I will preface this by saying that I don't also think it's all Ando's fault. Um, it was largely a communication issue, but it turns out that Ando would not be the one opening your packs. It was just someone from the StockX company in LA and Ando would be live reacting to it. And I'm like, eh, eh. I mean, I get why from a logistics standpoint, but no, that's not, <laughs> that's not what people want. And then the second point was that top hits get graded. Um, it was really just 20 cards for the whole opening. And if they sold like 6,000 packs, right? That means they're probably gonna open some large number of those top hits, whether it's Charizards, Umbreon's, whatever. So Yeah, it's like 24,000 cards. Right, and like, okay, 20 hits out of 24,000 get graded for that price. Like, I get it. PSA has a massive backlog, and the fact that StockX has negotiated a two-week turnaround on this stuff don't get me wrong. Impressive. I'm sure that cost them some money. But uh, that is not what people are expecting when you tell them top hits get graded. Like if I, if somebody pulled an Umbreon out of their three packs, but there was more than 20 Umbreons pulled, your Umbreon may not get graded. That is buck wild. Straight up, like that would be like, what am I paying for? Ando didn't open it. You didn't grade my card. What am I getting out of this? So there was a huge backlash against Ando for this, uh, and the backlash was extreme and unlisted. Ando ha has decided to, for now at least, who knows what will happen in the long future, but to shut down his YouTube channel, which is actually it's pretty sad. He was receiving, as he said on his Instagram, death threats and other things, which is really like, just don't buy it. If you don't like something, just don't buy it, right? You can have a negative opinion about a person. You can... Keep it to yourself. You can let them know. Right. You can say, hey, I don't think what you're doing is good. But death threats are not the thing to do. Jake, what do you think about this whole situation? Uh, I have Unlisted Leafs kind of announcement pulled up because he had posted it on social media. So he he also mentions in there, quote, just to clarify, I didn't set the price or take a percent off the break. Didn't have a say in how the packs were opened either. Tried to make it a little better with the prizes and increasing the cards graded, but obviously it was not enough. I'm sorry. So I think that's another thing to account. I think especially as well, I think this was very obviously influenced from Logan Paul. Yes. And the box breaks that he did. And so Ando being the biggest PokeTuber, right? Well, yeah. that is out there how many he's got like Several over million. two million right yeah. it's like him leonhart maybe max mofo depending like pseudo dedicated or dedicated pokeytubers so like there is this market for them to do this kind of thing and i agree with your sentiments on like okay you read the fine print and then obviously things were not 
as they seem and i agree with being upset about it i think if you're upset about it you should let someone know you should give your feedback right because the biggest thing that content creators want is feedback is the stuff that i'm doing working do you like what i'm doing that like when they really say leave a like and a comment they really mean please if you like it let me know so i <laughs> so i do more know that it's good but i don't think anything I don't like, especially for this, like this does not prompt death threats. <laughs> no. This does not prompt abuse, hate, endless yeah. social media, like just absolute evil. Like people are people for crying yeah. out loud. Like it, this I mean, guy's been making YouTube videos for eight years and yeah. he's had a smile on his face the whole time. And he's had this huge boisterous you know, personality and uh, people, I don't think people realize that there is more to a person beyond that personality that you see on screen because for content creators, they only want you to see what they want you to see, right? They don't, they don't ever show you the back or maybe your true self per se. Like Sean, I assume that you probably have things that you don't put on camera you have hobbies, you have identities, you have different things about yourself that have never been shown on camera. And that's okay because you can't yeah. be on camera all the time. And it's healthy. That's a healthy thing. Yeah. Like that's completely normal to have like your own space. And so, like, I just, I hate seeing like this is, like, yeah. It is like it's so dumb that it came to this point. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I think giving people the opportunity to um, apologize is a little bit condescending. That's not, I don't mean it like that, but giving people the opportunity to like hear criticism and feedback and make changes is important. Um, even if you're not, and you know, I, I'd say the same thing, honestly, about Logan Paul. Like as much as I don't love what he has done for the community, um, if he were open to hearing feedback and criticism and, and cared, um, then that would be a good thing. The fact that he's not is the problem. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I think the biggest thing as well with Ando is like, he, he said it very clear in his post. Like, there was a lot of things that he couldn't control about it and that he tried to make better. You know, I, I will that, say this. that's just a word. That's just a phrase. Mm -hmm. I understand that maybe, uh, maybe uh, there's a little bit uh, read between the lines. And will, things like that. I will say this. You may not be able to control what people are doing as prices, but you can control whether or not you're associated with it. Yeah, so, that's that's a, that's another thing right there. Um, that's the one that, that I'm I like. 100% agree with. I, I'm like, you probably should have been more um, vehement. I don't know any of the terms of any of these deals, but like, one can always be like, hey, um, $60 for three packs is wild. <laughs> Um, I don't think that makes sense and I don't want to do it if it's that price, you know, and they'll either change it or they'll find another PokeTuber who will do it. You know, would you, so here's a question. Do you think the instead, so this is just getting into hypotheticals because yeah. the other day when we were talking about the celebrations products and stuff, Sean was giving like what you would pay maximum <laughs> yeah. for this. So I'm going to, we're going to call this segment. Does Sean think it's worth it? That's what we're going to call this. So okay. let's say you're still paying the $60 for the three packs, you know, and Ando's 
And it's still in the situation sure. of Ando's not actually opening it. He's just kind of reacting to it. But instead of the 20 cards that get graded, what if if you pull a Charizard or an Umbreon, you will get it graded no matter how many there are. Do you still think it's worth it if that clause itself changed? Because I think that's what a lot of people were upset at is that they could, like you were mentioning, you know, there could be 21 Charizards that get pulled, and then one of them is just not going to get graded. So do you think if there was a guarantee on the cards I, to get graded, it would be a little bit differently? I think if there was a guarantee on... It'd have to be a longer list than just Charizard and, um, and Umbreon, because, you know, people love research. People love this dang Pikachu, and that's not that expensive. Um, I get from a financial perspective, it's probably not realistic but my guess is StockX is a huge company massive i mean for those of you who don't know they are venture capital funded company um they could certainly work out a deal if they're selling six thousand of these things for sixty dollars a pop that is three hundred and sixty thousand dollars in revenue that ain't nothing and the fact that they have that much product to give away means they got a very cheap rate from their distributor for that so i think they could have financially afforded to go to psa and said, hey, here is $100,000. We need two or three graders for a couple days, a week, whatever, to just focus on this product. And it's like a whole collaboration. Like, you can do that. And that's advertising for PSA on top of, not that PSA needs the advertising, to be honest, but there are situations you could have worked out to do a lot more than 20 cards. Um, and I think if people were like, hey, if you get one of these 10 cards, one of these 20 cards, or just a card from the classic collection, um, I think, you know, a guaranteed PSA card, just as a reminder of like, hey, I participated in this box break. And it's like a commemorative thing almost. Like, to me, that would make it worth it because to the point of like, people are still waiting nine months sometimes for their graded cards to come back from PSA. So the the benefit that you're getting of this like express shipping that is exclusive to the StockX, yeah, I think that would have been a very different situation. Um, and then maybe you get three crappy packs and you feel a little bad, but like there's enough people who don't have that where it's overall okay. So yeah, like at the end of the day, it's packs, right? You know, right. sometimes you hit big like Sean whenever mm -hmm. he puts his hands, his magic fingers on packs. You know, those Charizards just suddenly appear in those packs. They weren't there before when they were packaged, but there they are. And then sometimes you're like me and you open up an ETB and you don't even get a hollow rare. You know, that's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes, you know? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think that would have that would have certainly changed the um, the math on things for people, but that's not what they did. So. You know, though, Sean, no matter what. You are going to come here to the Pokemon TCG podcast that revolves around the evolving meta, the Metapod, and you are going to get a grade A product. Well, hopefully. A PSA I mean, 10 podcast. Maybe <laughs> a 9.5. Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> but that is going to be all for today. Thank you so much for listening or watching on YouTube if you are doing that as well to see our reactions and me laughing slash pouring my coffee and Sean's cat's jumping every which way and with his cat shirt that he's got oh my god <laughs> but sean thank you so much for joining me for another wonderful week hopefully pokemon doesn't drop any news later today we will please. see <laughs> wait until like thursday please mm -hmm. tuesday is not a good day <laughs>
All right. I'll see all y'all later. <laughs>